from Wall Street to the White House. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. And um, let's talk a little politics. Super Tuesday coming up on Tuesday. Ha, ha, ha. And some other things. Democrats are freaking out. Donald Trump's uh, law defenses, the Democrats' lawfare campaign, not going so well. Not going so well at all. And if that weren't bad enough, Trump is killing Biden in the swing state polls. But it's early. Today is, what is today? March 2nd. Got that right. I've been stuck with a terrible cold all week. Got out of bed yesterday. Here I am this morning. I had to do it for Joe Concha. That was my main thing. <laughs> Fox News contributor. Come on, man. The truth about Biden's no good, horrible, very bad president. You know, uh, well, let me introduce, please, Caroline Downey, uh, the brilliant young National Review reporter and visiting fellow at Independent Women's Forum. You know, Joe, your book, that book title is now being used by pundits and advertisements. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm coughing again. I'm not supposed to cough. Let me find the cough. I will button. carry as you cough. So, yeah, here, here's the thing, Larry. I stole that title from a children's book, and now oh. it's being stolen from me, and I'm angry about it. So and, I guess I can't be angry about no, it. No, don't be angry. It's a great compliment <laughs> because, actually, I first saw it. I think I sent it to you. Yeah. One of the Donald Trump Make America Great circulars was using it, but I've seen it pop up elsewhere in different publications. I've revived it. Usually describing Joe Biden's day. You know what I mean? Like he's not having a good day. Or come on, man, Biden's having a no good, horrible, very bad week, et cetera. So good for you. Um, Kids, let me just start with this. um, Super Tuesday is coming. Yes, of course, on Tuesday. Uh, what is it? A dozen primaries, fifteen primaries, whatever 13. it is, thirteen. Just tell me. Uh, start with you, Joe, and I want to get. I want to get to Caroline. Yeah. Why do we particularly care? I mean, we will cover it at Fox. Lord knows, we will cover it Tuesday, and we will cover the results of it on Wednesday. Uh, I mean, I think uh, Donald Trump's going to win everything going away. I mean, Nikki Haley, each primary, she gets a lower percentage of the vote, the direct yeah. opposite of what she said. All right, so, Joe, why is it important? It, I think, would solidify once and for all that Donald Trump is inevitable as far as being the nominee. Mm. And Nikki Haley, she didn't drop out after South Carolina. We always heard she's staying through Super Tuesday. I think that's the end of her campaign. Hmm. The question is, Larry, does she endorse Trump, the guy she wants to work for, because she's had a lot of pointed things to say about him, things that you can't kind of spin and say, well, they were just running against each other and Haley uh, said this and that. She's attacking you know, his age, uh, his acuity, and I don't know how you could go from doing that to endorsing Trump. Then the question is, does no labels say, hey, Nikki, come over to us. You could run with us. And that would be very interesting. She says she won't because no labels is predicated on the fact that you have a Republican and a Democrat on the ticket. And she says that I can't I won't be able to do anything I want to do with a Democrat as my number two. But I wouldn't count it out completely because she really does seem to like the spotlight at this point. What? I don't think she's going away. What about the she she Caroline, she'd be the number two to the Democrat. <laughs> I mean, what oh, yeah. makes her think she'd be at the top of the ticket caroline downey i wouldn't exactly say she has run a brilliant striking clever uh impactful campaign i mean actually um now i admit i was home kind of under the covers but i had tv 
and saw, I don't know, I, th- I think Fox must have covered it. I missed it. I just saw the banner at the bottom of the screen watching the Sean Hannity show and realized that Trump won 67% of the vote and she had less than 30. Uh, she had 40, what, 42 before that and 45 before that. Anyway, Caroline Downey, uh, why is Super Tuesday going to be important? Well, yeah, I mean, Larry, listen, Nikki Haley's margins have been pretty abysmal compared to Trump's in all of these key primaries so far. Both Trump and Biden achieved large victories in the Michigan primary just recently. And Haley's still claiming that she's banking on the Trump holdouts for old guard Republicans resistant to populism. They're more sympathetic to her international view uh, you know, they don't like his personality traits. For, for some of them, it's a non-starter. But this cohort of the party is, is shrinking fast. And I think to, to Joe's point, Nikki Haley is uh, running. She's still running to lose to Trump. Mm. And despite her fundraising numbers, which allows her to sustain herself, it's, uh, it's really a lost cause. And uh, everybody's going to rally around Trump at the end of the day. I mean, I thought... At this point, it's mostly Democratic and Democratic-leaning independents. But if there are some of these old Rockefeller Republicans, these are the Republicans that used to— Remember George Papa Bush? He would wear little—he had this little preppy uh, striped watch band that he would wear, and he would wear these— always these striped ties, and Reagan made fun of him, and Nancy Reagan made fun of him. He did wear button-down shirts, which I still do. I still wear those Brooksy button-down shirts because they're so damn comfortable. But, you know, Joe, remember the, the striped watch band that Papa Bush used to have? He was the symbol of preppiness. The trouble is Reagan blew him up. And the trouble here is Nikki's getting blown up. I mean, yeah. there's no, no rhino Republicans left, per se. It's Donald Trump's party. Well, we saw that this week with Mitch McConnell, Larry, right? Yes. When he announced that, hey, I'm going to step down as majority leader. I mean, I got hit by three champagne corks just walking down the street for, you know, <laughs> from people celebrating on that one. Uh, yeah, there, there is no establishment base for the Republican Party anymore. Uh, MAGA absolutely ha- has taken over this party, uh, and they're not looking back. But you look at these Super Tuesday races. I mean, my goodness gracious. Trump's up. 87-12 in Alabama. Mm. Uh, he's up 77-23 North Carolina, 88-11 in Oklahoma, 81-18 Tennessee, 84-15 Texas. Uh, Haley does better in Virginia. She gets a whole 19% to Trump's 78%. So uh, I, I'm shocked that she stayed to this long because I think 2028, she was a viable uh, candidate to, to win that nomination. Because remember, Donald Trump could only serve one term. And now I think in terms of her, of her goodwill with anybody in – Trump world and the MAGA world we just described, I think it's gone at this point. Oh, he would never. Uh, trust me, I have an impeccable source. He will never choose her as vice president. <laughs> oh, no. Do you, do you know who he's choosing? Do you know where he's leaning? I'm not saying share it. I'm just but... saying my source is utterly, absolutely, incredibly impeccable. Trust really? Me. Trust All me right. on that, this. That sounds very close okay. uh, to the president. So, I'm not uh, saying <laughs> that's as far as I go. Uh, I don't want to give oh, Caroline a scoop here for... By the way, (laughs) Caroline, your editor-in-chief, Rich Lowry, who was my dear friend over so many years, did you see the story he wrote? I'm I'm going off topic for a minute because talking about Nikki Haley is, I mean, it's really um, like stale bread. But Rich went to McDonald's, which Rich loves. And if I get this right, he had French fries and a milkshake. 
and it costs seventeen dollars. <laughs> seventeen dollars. Oh yeah. For one order of fries and one milkshake, as an illustration of well, Biden inflation, <laughs> Caroline. Did you hear this story? Oh yeah, and I got to expose my boss real quick. <laughs> that story is, you know, very indicting of, of Biden's economy. But <laughs> Rich Lowry is notorious for for his interesting food choices, and so <laughs> I have no doubt he went on an investigative reporting trip to McDonald's <laughs> to cover this. But it, it really is a kind of a layman's example of how much the price increases across very important commodities such as food are plaguing Americans, really hitting us where it hurts. And despite the Biden administration's assurances that inflation is tempering and that, you know, it's less of a concern as it was many months ago, like we've said before, these kind of esoteric Mm. appeals to macroeconomics do not count for families who are just struggling to get by. They, They feel the price increases across gas, food, other like parts of their consumer basket. And you know what else Rich also wrote? He wrote about the border crisis, debunking once and for all, Larry, which this is another issue besides inflation that all Americans believe is extremely important for 2024. It's that the border crisis wasn't something that befell Biden, that befell Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. This is not plaguing his presidency. Biden manufactured this Mm. from nearly the first day in office, just like he manufactured inflation by spending the country into oblivion. He loosened up the border and he set out from day one to destroy all the Trump policies, executive orders that kept illegal immigration at bay, you know? And so this was a carefully crafted demolition of Trump's policies that gave us control of the border. Kind of backfired. And now we've opened the. I'd say we've opened the floodgate. I'd say it kind of backfired on him. You know, it's uh, Haley, by the way, never hit the immigration problem very hard. Never touched it lightly and then and then jumped away. Yeah. Uh, Biden inflation. Nikki Haley doesn't do economics. She just doesn't do it. She didn't have to deal with it. She was talking about abortion votes in the Senate and talking about how we have spent more money on Ukraine. I mean, Joe, it is. For better or worse, okay, I happen to like it, but not everyone does. But I'm just saying it's Trump's party, and it's the party of working folks. Uh, I did a riff on this, uh, I don't know, earlier last week. Larry Lindsay, the great economist, did a story about it. It's the party of $200 donors, whereas the Democrats are the party of mega multimillion donors. Three to to one, uh, something like three to one, uh, people given 200 bucks or less uh, are Trump donors. And so it's it's border, it's Bidenflation, it's woke, and it's going to be make America great and then overseas as well, but not starting five or six wars at the same time. And I have a second book coming out. I don't want to talk about it too much yet because uh, they say not to do it until about two weeks beforehand. It'll be coming in a couple of months, and it's called Progressively Worse, Mm. Why Today's Elites in the Democratic Party Ain't Your Daddy's Donkeys Anymore. Okay, So I think we got a good one there, too, as far as the title's concerned. Uh, So I've done a lot of research into this, and yes, uh, they are the party of the inner cities now, and I'm talking like the Upper West Side, right? Not not Mm -hmm. what, what you normally think of with inner cities. And when you look at the top 10 congressional districts by per capita income 
all 10 are represented by Democrats. Mm. I mean, that is just so telling where we are. And then you even see what Joe Biden guys, right? When, when he goes on vacation, whether it's Thanksgiving, uh, over the summer, he's either going to his multi-million dollar home on the beach in Delaware, which I still don't get exactly how he affords two multi-million dollar homes in Delaware. But then he'll go to Lake Tahoe, right? To Tom Steyer's place that's worth $34 million, Or somewhere on the beach in Nantucket that's worth $40 million, right? So I, I don't want to hear about Scranton Joe anymore. More, all right, he's as much an elitist as anybody else. And Donald Trump, ironically, the billionaire, is the one that's connecting with the working class and the blue dog Democrats. Yep, yep. it's a remarkable turnaround. Well, and Larry, I got to take even a break. the elite donor. Caroline, hang okay. on to it. No, 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 I'll come right back to you. We just got to take commercial break. Uh, folks, we're talking to Joe Concha, Fox News contributor, Caroline Downey, National Review. I'm Cudlow. We'll be right back. Hang with us. From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. Hey folks, I'm Larry Kudlow. We're here talking with Joe Concha, Fox News contributor and author of Come On, Man, The Truth About Biden's No Good, Horrible, Very Bad Presidency, and Caroline Downey, National Review magazine reporter and also a visiting fellow at the uh, Independent Women's Forum. Caroline, at the break, you were going to say, I don't know if you held that thought. If you didn't, I got a few others for you. Well, yeah, I was just going to conclude that even the elite donor class is losing confidence in Nikki Haley. The oh. Koch Brothers Align Network withdrew their support. Right. So the libertarians are not on board anymore either. <laughs> no, that's a good point. And I, I read in the paper that she still has millions and millions of dollars. I don't know who the hell is giving it. It must be hardcore Democratic groups. I mean, Republican donors have given up on her. Uh, so I, it, anyway, I don't know. It'll all come out in the wash. But uh, I agree with mm-hmm. Joe. Uh, she'll drop out after Super Tuesday. That probably be the most important thing come out of Super Tuesday. But, you know, looking at this again, Carolyn, the race. Now, I know uh, President Trump's done very well in these polls. But after all, it's early March. It's not early November. And um, my hunch is it's going to be a close race. My hunch is the Democrats try to steal it as best they can. Hope they don't succeed. I'm not making any inferences. That's just my own particular point of view with the law firm, uh, lawfare sabotage going on. But the thing is, and this is where I'm going, Caroline, Trump's Republican Party, and I think he's going to get independence, like he got money from the Teamsters. That's unusual. Um, the auto workers didn't endorse, um, didn't endorse Biden in Michigan. They, they endorsed um, whatever it's called, unannounced or uh, – you know, the category. Uncommitted. Uncommitted. Thank you, Joe. Sure. But I'm just saying mm-hmm. um, Trump has turned the GOP into the working man's party and working woman's party. And those are white workers, but they're also Hispanic workers, um, Asian workers. Uh, I'm sure lots of women who go to work every day, you know, uh, not necessarily fancy blue co- uh, white college jobs and banks. Uh, African-American workers who don't like the border and the crime. And as you all been talking, the high prices for essentials like grocery and gasoline don't like America getting kicked around in foreign affairs. I mean, he's it's a very interesting story, Caroline. And I'm going to have Joe comment, too. This is a new party. I mean, Trump started it uh, certainly in 2015, 2016, but it's building up to a crescendo now. (laughs) 
And they're going to put him over the line for the nomination big time. Well, right. And the establishment, which Nikki Haley does represent, is constantly irked at just how much momentum Trump can, can maintain by being himself, by not you know, faking priorities. His cornerstone issues are the border, the border and, the, and the economy, which Nikki Haley is, is not very attuned to. But most Americans are because they're affecting us on a daily basis. And in, in some areas, small towns are getting flooded by illegal migrants, you know, suffocating mm-hmm. their local resources, their schools, you know, hospitals even. And so, yes, Trump absolutely is a mouthpiece for the average American in the way that the old guard, old school Republican Party no longer is. And it it has to accept that, you know, going forward. And I want to mention one kind of anecdote from the recent days. Trump visited the border just like Biden did, although he was trudging at the the pace of a snail you might have seen from Mm. videos. And there were some humorous moments that Trump, you know, did for the camera. He, I think he waved to migrants across the border. Mm. And I think the point is he's a happy warrior. And uh, that's that's another aspect yeah. of him that his base loves. Actually, that's you know, a he, new, new temperament. It's, a, it's not the, uh, let's just say he's a happy warrior much more than he's a scowling warrior. Uh, Joe, last point here, ran out of time, but. Mike Goodwin of the New York Post was quoting Paul Krugman. I talked about this on the TV show last night. Krugman calls it the mystery of white rural rage. That's all they see it. It's a bunch of racist working folks people, white people. They're the scourge of the earth. They're the scourge of the earth. And um, I say they misunderstand Trump and his movement. It is the silliest thing to do if you're a Krugman who talk about elitists like we were talking before. Mm. I mean, he is the ultimate. He's the guy also who predicted that there would be a worldwide depression after Trump won in 2016, right? How's this guy keep winning prizes again? I have no idea. Uh, You want to go after Trump and his policies? All right, knock yourself out. You start going after 74 million voters. Mm. I I heard one former sportscaster uh, call... Trump supporters, a toxic cult. Yeah. I'll tell that to that auto worker in Michigan. Tell that to that steel worker in Pennsylvania. Th- th- these are people that simply agree with him on policy because on policy, inflation, regulations, trade, energy, crime, foreign policy, and the border, they agree with them. So it's not like these are angry racists that are supporting him. These are people that care about the country and want America to be the first priority again. It's, uh, to do this is just silly, and it just shows you how desperate this party is at this point, because if this election was held today, Trump wins North Carolina, Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, Michigan, obviously Florida and Ohio are pretty much gone. They're red states at this point. Mm. He wins those states. He wins the election. It's that simple. They know it. You know, it's funny. While you both were talking, it just occurred to me, what these folks want is a good God-fearing working folks. doesn't matter what college. not about racism. You know, the Paul Krogmans of the world never understand that. Nope. They want somebody in the White House who's going to protect them and their financial economic interests. Protect them. Protect them from the border. Protect mm-hmm. them from crime. Protect them from 10% inflation and $17 uh, uh, McDonald's. Uh, protect them from China. Protect them from bad trade deals. You know what I mean? There's a certain protection here that they want, and they've been ignored for a long time. Now, Trump's been nurturing them, to be sure. But it's funny, he was gone for a couple of years, and now he's come roaring back, and they're with him bigger than ever. It's just fascinating to me. 
Anyway, you two are terrific. Uh, really appreciate it. Joe Concha and Caroline Downey, thank you for coming on, giving us Saturday morning just chock full of politics. Folks, I'm Cudlow. We're going to take a little break, and we're going to talk to Breitbart's John Carney about the economy and the Federal Reserve and interest rates and all that good stuff. Please stick around. <laughs> 